0: Today I want to start with Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 1 to 4. Nehemiah 1 verse 1 to 4. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Chislev in the 20th year, while I was in Susa the capital, one of my brothers, Hanani, came. With, a certain, with certain men from Judah. And I asked them about the news, about the Jews that survived, those who had escaped the captivity, and about Jerusalem. They replied, the survivors there in the province who escaped captivity are in great trouble. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down. The gates have been destroyed by fire when i heard these words i sat down and wept and mourned for days fasting and praying before the god of heaven and so the story begins a man receiving news and breaking because of the news he hears further along in the book chapter 6 verse 15 chapter 6 verse 15 we read this simple line so the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of Elul in 52 days, right? Scene one, he receives the news, it breaks his heart. uh, Somewhere in the middle of the story, the wall is complete. And that's a lot, a big part of Nehemiah's story. But I also, when you experience the story, you get to understand that this is more than just a story of someone accomplishing a task which was rebuilding a wall. It is also the story of becoming the kind of person who partners with God to accomplish a great task. It is also the story of becoming such a person, becoming a repairer of broken walls. And I want to believe that that is something that can be for us. We live in a world beset by so many troubles. We've seen... People will have experienced so much uh, brokenness and struggles also. We may be also acutely aware of some struggles within us also that we experience. And so we can ask ourselves, who do we need to be and how do we move into this world? And that's the kind of question that the story of Nehemiah invites us. We enter that story with those questions and we begin to discern how to respond. And so today I want to share with you two things, two things that are important in becoming that kind of person. The first one is burden. When Nehemiah receives the news, he realizes that this is not just another news update for him. It can't just pass him as he waits for other news. He stops there. It breaks his heart. He weeps and he cries for many days because this news is heavy on him. We read in verse 4, When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and moaned for days, fasting and praying before the God of heaven. What can make someone do that unless he cares deeply about something? Could it be that that is how we are called to face the world even as we encounter all that is broken around us? You know, just like Nehemiah in his day, today we are constantly being made aware of all that is not well in our world. We keep hearing news of this and that. You know, news is, is a time of heartbreak. Of You know, news can also be called, let us see what is not working in our world. And so just like Nehemiah, we receive news. Just like Nehemiah, we hear people around us, people we care about or we know going through excruciating things. Just like Nehemiah, we become aware of our own personal struggles. Could it be that our first step as we encounter all that is broken in the world is really to let it settle in our hearts and affect us and even break our hearts to the point where we weep? And we cry about it. You know, many times I want to believe you may have been part of a conversation where people are, are, are ranting, and venting about what is wrong. Kenyans like to do that. Eh? Imagine this. Imagine that. Imagine them. Imagine this is what is happening. A new tax is coming up. Oh, you know, so many things, right? Matatus, traffic, everything. We like. We we are experts. We like to comment. We love commentary of all that is, of all that is broken around us. And in in, in this kind of conversations, we hear a lot of anger, a lot of complaining, a lot of cynicism. We also, on the other hand, hear a lot of opinions. Uh, Nowadays, most news, most TV stations will always have some expert, you know, coming to give his views and expertise. You know, we hear a lot of that as people try to understand the condition of the world. But here is something so interesting that we are being presented with by the story of Nehemiah. And rarely are we taught that. In the midst of all the many responses that there can be, what about weeping, crying, being deeply affected by all that is not well? I think it takes a high level of ownership, a high level of caring. You care deeply and you also understand that that which which has come to your ears is not right, and it breaks your heart. So Nehemiah models a very radical first step. Broken walls need our heartbreak and tears, not just our opinion and ideas and expertise. And I think you respond differently. Imagine if each one of us and all the issues that are going on around us, we care deeply enough to cry, to weep, to pray about them. We would begin to move towards them differently. I think just talking and complaining still maintains the distance between you and the issue. You cannot weep and cry and pray about an issue if you do not let it in and let it close to your heart. So that is a radical first step, burden, a sense of burden. So when you look at the world today, what issues do you notice? What are the issues that are close to your heart? Don't just move on quickly to the next thing. Don't just distract yourself from that issue. Sit with it. Let your heart be a place of hosting some of those issues until they burden you. And when they burden you, weep over them cry, talk to them, turn them into prayers. You know, also, in tears, we are also connecting to God's heart over the same issues. In the Gospels, in Matthew chapter 9, we read that when Jesus saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion because he saw that they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw The people, the crowds, he sensed their struggle, and he was brokenhearted by that, moved with compassion. And so I I want to believe that is the exact same posture of God. When he looks at the world and sees all that is broken, he's not distant and disconnected. It breaks his heart. And so when it breaks our heart also, we are aligning with what God sees and how He feels about the world. So it begins with a burden and a deep caring. And a question. Are you making room in your heart for caring about all that is not well? Are you making room in your heart for caring about all that is not well? It requires you to pause, to listen again, to hold it in your heart long enough. After that, Nehemiah does something, he prays. And I want us to listen to the prayer he makes in, in Nehemiah 1 verse 5 to 11. I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive, to, be attentive and, uh, and your eyes be open, to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both I and my family have sinned. We have offended you deeply, failing to keep the commandments, the statutes, and the ordinances that you have commanded your servant Moses. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though your outcasts are under the farthest skies, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen to establish my name. They are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and your strong hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. When you listen to that prayer, you sense the second thing that Nehemiah models for us, and that is baggage. After the burden comes the baggage. There's a lot of baggage there, right? Listen to Nehemiah 1, verse 5 to 6. O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer, your servant, of your servant, that I now pray before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both I and my family have sinned. We have offended you deeply, failing to keep your commandments, the statutes and ordinances you commanded your servant Moses. You see, I find that prayer very surprising. If it was me who was in Nehemiah's place, and was so heartbroken about the wall of Jerusalem falling apart, guess what my prayer would have been, right? God, give me the means and the resources to fix the wall, right? But Nehemiah is not praying for the end goal or for the strategy. Even before he does that, which he does, because we have seen, he actually went to work and in 52 days he finished the wall, which was remarkable, but before strategy and action, Nehemiah pray goes way back, way back and prays about the root cause. The baggage that he senses is connected to this whole brokenness. So in this way, Nehemiah is teaching us something very important that I want you to remember. For every external ruin, for every visible brokenness, for every felt struggle, There is a spiritual root cause. And Nehemiah thought it wise that before I give myself to the work of repair and restoration, I need to walk back and pray about the spiritual root cause and brokenness that affects this whole story. And you see him, rather than praying about the wall, he is repenting about the sins of an entire nation. Now, at this point that Nehemiah is praying, the Jews have been in exile for about seven decades. I want to assume that the walls have been broken for that long. He is repenting about historic issues. Why is he the one doing that at this present moment? Instead of moving forward, he is recognizing that beyond every visible felt and experienced struggle in our world today there is a spiritual rooted root to it root cause and we need to just go before god and say forgive me forgive us as a people heal us so nehemiah repents he confesses the sin of a nation he also tells god i and my family have sinned against you and so in humility he prays about the baggage which is the spiritual root. Of the problem. And I found that to be remarkable. So the way we have planned this series of restoring goodness, today we were supposed to get into chapter two and three. We were supposed to begin to see how Nehemiah moves into action after Joey so well introduced us to the series. And there I was preparing, reading chapter two and three and loving how it's flowing. But on the other hand, something had burdened me since last week, someone about about chapter one, about this prayer, this posture of Nehemiah. And I kept loving chapter two, but I kept remembering chapter one in that posture. And I thought, okay, well, let me pause on that. Let, us, let me return us back to chapter one. Because I want you to see this today. Nehemiah begins with a sense of burden. We are called to experience the world as it is, to care deeply about it. Nehemiah also sees the baggage that is connected to all the brokenness around him. And he takes it up in prayer and repents. Before Nehemiah acts, Nehemiah becomes, Nehemiah reconciles with God. So we all notice how the world is broken around us. We all notice how people are struggling and the issues they're going through the issues we have had and they break our hearts we all know how we we struggle with our own issues time and time again none of us is exempted from these experiences and realities of life and that is why i think nehemiah begins with an invitation that teaches us how to respond at a time like this you know we do not see a helpless Resignation from Nehemiah. Instead, we see a response. We do not see Nehemiah sinking into bitter cynicism and saying, well, it is as it is. Nothing changes around here. It is all hopeless and doomed. Neither do we see Nehemiah being compelled by or being driven right off the bat. He takes time to reflect and to pray about the issue. Instead, we see Nehemiah caring deeply and weeping. We see deep broken prayers of repenting and seeking forgiveness. And I believe that is how we've been called to be in the midst of a life that is affected by so much brokenness. So, beloved friend, what are the issues and struggles that you face personally as you go through life? What are the issues and struggles that you have noticed around you? Have you allowed them to be housed in your heart in a way that makes you weep and struggle, uh, weep over the struggle, or be deeply affected? You know, that first posture is simply a radical way of saying, Imagine this is not okay. Imagine the brokenness is not the norm. That first posture of caring deeply and weeping is a way of refusing to normalize the brokenness. It's a way of saying the way things are is not how they should be. In as much as maybe I cannot change the system, I refuse to accept that it is supposed to be like this. We do that by caring deeply, by being affected, by weeping over it, by saying, no way, God, have mercy. So it's such a radical move. I love a quote by, by a, a famous African-American writer and thinker called James Baldwin. He said, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. I'm going to say that again. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. And I want to believe that step of caring deeply invites us not to turn away from the issues, but to face them, but to face them in our lifetime with our energy, with our prayers, and who knows what ideas might come from that. We stop becoming bystanders, and commenters, and opinion leaders, and we become participants in in healing, and repair, and restoration. Another thing about this is that uh, we realize uh, God is not interested in bypassing issues for the sake of progress. You know, it would have been so good to read the story that once Nehemiah hears about the wall, he swings into action and fixes it as quickly as possible. But we see God bring Nehemiah way back, way back. God was not so much interested in a complete wall as he was interested in Nehemiah, the leader, being whole and healed. And so Nehemiah starts with repenting and reconciling with God and even praying that on behalf of his people. God is not so much interested in your progress and bypassing things that are buried within. God wants you to face it. God wants you to realize that nothing can be changed until it is, it is faced. And once it is faced, you know, you weep about it, you cry about it, you say this is not right. And he brings his healing and then we can move. Nehemiah also shows us that what to do next with our broken hearts with our weeping you know it's it's possible for our hearts to be overwhelmed to be deeply crushed by the crazy things we hear so nehemiah says go to god with that broken heart what what we see here is that we are not a humanity fixing ourselves or fixing the world by ourselves we are a humanity being loved by a gracious god Being healed, being made whole by a God who is also the primary healer and repairer of the broken fabric of our lives and of our society. And so that posture of prayer is a humble beginning of saying, In as much as I care about this deeply, God, I just want to be right with you because I know you are the initiator of all that is, of all the healing work happening here. You know, dear friends, by the time an issue is visible, either in your life or in society. By the time an issue is felt or experienced in someone else or around us, it has. there has been a series of brokenness that have been unfolding behind the scenes for some time. Some issues have been happening for generations. Some issues have been happening for years. So by the time the issue is popped up, So much has been broken. And I think Nehemiah's prayer tells us that I may not have been the cause of the problem. But the problem has been happening until it has reached me. And so he begins by repenting. He repents. he, He prays repentance for generations before We may not be fully aware of all that goes into making an issue, but we can just talk, go to God and say, even here, I am not aware, but I ask for your forgiveness for me, for generations before, to understand what is happening. So here are examples of broken walls in our society. Corruption, we all know that, right? We all wish it can go away, we all complain. Addictions are on the rise. Abuses, trafficking, poverty, oppression, crime, injustice, divisiveness, wars. Those are broad issues. Some issues are personal. Some strife and conflicts, some struggles we wrestle with time and time again. The story of Nehemiah is saying that there's always a spiritual root cause to each of these problems. And we will not just step into that to fix the physical problem. We will also pray about the spiritual root cause. I think one of the things we're being reminded us is also is not to take life so casually, but to also realize that everything we see around in life has its own spiritual mechanics behind the scenes. So we are called to pray. We are called to be alert. We are called to be with god in that we begin with forgiveness and reconciliation with god and then we move on in prayer we also recognize that we are not a doomed and irreparable people but we admit that god is alive and at work in the mess of the world that we live in and in the mess of our lives and this is so much hope to begin with So, Nehemiah gets the burden, recognizes the baggage, prays about it. And then in the next few chapters, I would like you to go and read, you see him getting to work and finishing the wall. He prays hard in chapter 1. And I was asking myself, what changed in chapter 1? Because when you read Nehemiah's journey, it was difficult. Fixing that wall was not easy. He had some favor with the king and with the officials, but the journey to fixing the wall was difficult. At some point, I asked myself, then why did he pray so hard? Why did it have to be hard? Until I came to realize that what we're being shown in this story is that, yes, God does help us on our way to accomplishing the task, but God is also interested in who we are as we accomplish the task. And that is why chapter one deals so much with that. Chapter one is about the making of Nehemiah, the making of the repairer and the rebuilder of the wall. If we care about our world, if we're going to partner with God in healing the world around us, we are also gonna have to become a certain kind of people. Nehemiah shows us the way. Begin with a burden, care deeply about it. Then pray and work with God through the baggage. And that allows you to be a healing presence as you step into society. Maybe that is what is most needed for us as we rebuild our world. So I want to call us to prayer. Today, as we conclude, right where you are, I want you to begin reflecting on what is a broken wall in your life? What could be a struggle you've been facing again and again and again? What is a burden you care deeply about? What is something you have been turning away from? And today you're being reminded that it is important to face it. I want us to take some time in God's presence to think about that. Because that is what Nehemiah models for us, to care deeply, to go into those issues. So right where you are, I want to invite us to pray. Just sit. Let's close. Let's close our eyes for prayer. Holy Spirit, we come before your presence this afternoon. Thank you because you know us, each and every one of us. Thank you because, God, you see us as we are. Nothing is hidden from your view. And today we want to come before you in humility. We want to see ourselves as you see us. We want to stop hiding. We want to stop running. We want to turn and face the things you want us to face so that we ourselves can be healed, and so that our society also can be healed. So beloved friends, what is something that you have struggled and wrestled with again and again? A big, deep-seated struggle. Maybe something that takes away your peace, causes worry and anxiety. Maybe something, you're addicted to is, is there a place you feel stuck in your life? Have you encountered guilt and shame for failing again and again to live up to the to what is expected of you? What is it? Do you feel helpless against some relational strife around you? Maybe with a loved one, maybe with your family of origin. Have you been feeling crushed over the struggles that someone you know and care about has been going through? There's a particular state in our society weigh heavily in your heart. What is a wall that has been broken in your life? Give it a name. Give it a name before God and say, God, here. This part of my life, this part of my relationships, this part of my habits. I do not want the brokenness to be the norm. So I open my heart to hold this issue before you, God. To let this issue and its unpleasantness affect my heart, affect me. Because I know it breaks your heart to admit that it is not right before your God. So beloved friend, name something before God prayerfully. Lord Jesus, we pray that your light will continue shining into our lives, into our hearts, revealing what we need to see. Give us the strength and courage and humility to face the brokenness in us and in our world. Because in turning to them, there is freedom and release. Cultivate our sensitivities to all that is broken. Redeem us from the way we numb ourselves and distract ourselves and allow us the patience and the courage to pause and face this challenge. Also, dear friends, I want you to think about one more thing. When we see the broken walls in us and in, our, in, our, in the people we love and in the world we're a part of we can begin with the unusual move of saying sorry to god maybe it has nothing to do with you but you begin to understand that that brokenness has been time in the making And it may be a result of society as a whole. And you say, God, forgive us, forgive us. Forgive my loved one, forgive myself. Maybe you need to repent about stubbornly pursuing that which you know is not right. That causes distance and strife in others. Maybe you can clearly see your role in a a broken space maybe you cannot see your role in a broken space but nonetheless you know there's some brokenness and you say god i'm sorry me my people and our land we are sorry so beloved friend whatever nags at your heart it to God and repent and just say God sorry for the state of things sorry that this brokenness exists we repent Father God, in our repenting, we are acknowledging our part in the whole broken system. We are not standing aloof and pointing fingers at them. We are saying that their struggle and suffering is connected to us. In our repenting, we are saying we cannot, we are not here to fix ourselves and the world by our own strength to receive your grace and mercy to be healed by you. And so, Lord, accept our repenting. Forgive us. Cleanse us. We turn back to you. Hold our hands as we go, as we step into these strange places, into this strange work of forgiveness and healing. Because God, perhaps through the story of Nehemiah, you are more interested in us becoming a healing presence than just simply doing the work you want to begin with a healed people and so we know that this moment cannot do all that there needs to be done and so i pray for these brothers and sisters of mine as they step out today into their lives and into their world may they continue to see you at work in their lives as the issues various issues target at their hearts as if may they find a sense of caring deeply of turning in humility and repentance before you and in being shaped by you Lord I pray that my f- brothers and sisters here will increasingly step into the world more and more as a healing loving all making presence And you're going to guide them in the actions that they need to take to partner with you in healing a broken world with so many broken walls. That's our prayer today. Help us, God. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen.